1: Well, we were talking a lot about the performances of the winners of the international races on the verdict yesterday but we needed to have a chat to Greg Carpenter who uh, spent so many years as uh, the boss of racing at Racing Victoria. He's been in Hong Kong for a little over a year and he's been able to conjure one of the great international race meetings and Greg joins us uh, this morning on Racing Pulse. Greg, good morning to you. Uh, You've seen some amazing moments on race tracks. You've been involved on some of the biggest days but what was that experience like watching the international day unfold on sunday
0: good morning michael and uh, everyone listening uh, 42 years uh, as a racing administrator i've seen many fantastic days at a race course many great races um, but uh, on sunday i had the privilege of witnessing one of the great days of international racing and i think michael if racing is to stay relevant around the world for racing fans. People have to embrace international competition, and you could see why on the Sunday, four mag- magnificent contests. We'll talk about them in a moment. But Golden 60, for me, was probably the greatest individual performance I'd seen, particularly in Hong Kong on International Day. And then just 40 minutes later, we saw the Hong Kong International Cup, which was just a great contest romantic warrior coming back from his Cox Plate victory and getting another close photo over Luxembourg from Aidan O'Brien stable and the Hishigwazu. It was one of the great races so you wrap it up all the thousands of international fans particularly Australians that were up there on Sunday. I think the vast majority went there hoping that they would witness the great golden 60 and that he would win despite the barrier and at the end of the day 27 wins from 30 Starts. I think Sunday was his greatest victory. Uh, he was
1: staggering, wasn't he? At eight years of age, outside barrier, first up for over two hundred days. Uh, unfortunately for us, it's hard to get a line on Golden Sixty because he's never raced out of Hong Kong. He's taken on the internationals that have come to him. But you know, as a as a former handicapper and a ratings expert, um, where does he sit um, when we're trying to get a guide on all the champions that we've seen in recent years?
0: Well, it's interesting, Michael, I said in the post-race press conference on Sunday night, horse races aren't one by ratings. They're one out on the track. I have never seen a more competitive equine athlete in my life. And for many years, like you and all the other racing fans uh, around the world, I could only watch him on television, particularly through COVID. Golden 60 gives everything he has to every contest, whether it's a barrier trial or a race i've never seen a horse come off the track so spent after every race after every time he goes onto the track uh, he gets very hot um he he really heaves with his breathing post-race because he is just the ultimate competitor he gives everything he possibly can he doesn't leave anything out there it's a remarkable relationship that's been built with francis louis and also vincent ho vincent had a lot of pressure on him on Sunday. He was brilliant at Happy Valley on Wednesday. He won the International Jockeys mm. Championship, the first uh, local Hong, Hong Kong rider to do that. Uh, I think um, Stanley Chan's heart sunk a beat when he drew 14 at the barrier drawer on Thursday. I, I said to Stanley, um, Your daughter is getting married tomorrow, that's on Friday. Enjoy the day and then think about the barriers and, and the race on Sunday. But it mattered little in the end because Vincent was able to jump. There's a beautiful 500-metre run down the back straight. He could have been posted. He could have jagged him back, but at a split second, he actually got into the three-wide line midfield with cover. Um, And we've all seen that magnificent turn of foot that Golden 60 can produce. Um, And he let down magnificently from the top of the straight and put the race to bed um, a long time out. You see these beautiful vision nowadays, and you can see it of Matt Hill calling a. Cox Plate uh, or a Melbourne Cup, where they superimpose the vision of the race, mm. and, and you watch Maddie call. Well, there's a great, a great piece going around on, on uh, Twitter of Stanley Chan the just standing there watching the race, as everyone else around him gets excited and starts cheering, and then finally at the 200 meter mark, he just puts one finger in the air and he can <laughs> breathe a sigh of relief. But it's just great vision. But again, going back to Golden Sixty. He will be remembered, I think, as the greatest horse ever in Hong Kong, and that's uh, you know up against horses like Silent Wish, Witness, Sacred Kingdom, Beauty Generation, Able Friend. But he, he, he there's certainly been none better. I think he's as good as there's ever been. And this year, at the end of it, um, the International Handicapping Group will say that Sunday was his best performance of all time at the age of eight, and he will be the highest-rated older miler in the world, mm. which is a acknowledgement. And we are very blessed to have had him. Um, there may only be a couple of runs left in him, um, but just enjoy what we saw on Sunday. It was one of the great, great performances that I've seen in international racing. If he ever did come to Australia during his
1: career, would he have just dominated every race uh, with the, the calibre of horses we've had here? And we've had some very good horses in recent years, especially over the mile, but how would he have fared uh, in, a, in an ultimate imaginary match race with winks over 1600?
0: Well, it's an interesting question, Michael, because the, the basis of success for me on any international campaign is winning. doesn't matter if it's uh, by a nose or six weeks. Um, that was one of the great things of Romantic Warrior and the connections Peter Lau, Danny Chung taking up the challenge of not just staying at home and racking up millions and millions of dollars of Hong Kong prize money, going to Mooney Valley and winning that race and winning it so narrowly. It was the same measurement, I think, of Black Caviar going to Royal Ascot. We all knew how great she was. She went. She didn't win by much, but she won. And I think the, the, the starting point for any international campaign is performing and actually winning on the day, whether it's by a nose or six leagues. I've got no doubt that Golden 60, uh, had he travelled to whether it was Japan, and we saw him beat Namur and Seoul Rush into third and fourth respectively on Sunday, and they'd just come out of winning the mile championship in Japan and virtually ran to the same margins and same placings with Dan on the kid as they did in that race. Um, if he'd gone to Japan for Yasuda Kinan or if he'd come to, uh, to Australia... Um, for one of the great miles there he would have been winning more than he would not against winks over a mile um, you know these are the questions that people ask uh, hypothetically and uh, I personally think uh, if it was uh, at a mile and I say this with a heavy heart and due reference to my great friend Debbie Capetus I think Golden 60 would have won. Okay. But it was at 2,000 metres. Uh, I think Wiggs would be very hard to beat with two kilos. Having said that, it, p- people uh, look at his form card this year, Golden 60, um, Francis stepped him out to the 2000 metres and he beat Romantic Warrior so he's, yeah. he, he, he may not have travelled overseas but he has gone out of his comfort zone and extended out in distance and, and beaten one of the great horses on the planet
1: Well we um, get to see in another so. in, in these final two races is there any chance Romantic Warrior
0: could take him on again? I think there is, I, I just have to sit down <laughs> with Daddy and Peter and see what their plans are because I was told uh, after the races on the Sunday that there may have been a mention of to buy but i'm not quite sure about that so i'll have to think about what they're going to do but there is the champions mile um sorry there is the the, the stewards uh, cup which is a mile race going forward um there is the 2000 meter race uh, here the, the hong kong gold cup that's the race that they clashed um in um earlier this year um, one presumes that if uh, April the 28th is uh, Golden 60's last start, he'll stick with the FWD Champions Mile and Romantic Warrior back to the Queen Elizabeth Cup. So there is a chance we might see them clash, if not once, maybe twice, um, in the coming months. But I think they're going to race um, Golden Sixties sparingly. So I not sure they will go back out to the 2000 but Danny and Peter might run Romantic Warrior in the mile race uh, in the new year yep. and that would see a great pace but it was, it was brilliant racing across all four races and, and great to see a massive crowd back post-COVID uh, at Sha Tim watching the great day.
1: Has the performance of Romantic Warrior um, opened up the possibility of more Hong Kong horses coming to Melbourne in the spring? Was there a uh, I suppose a, not a realization, but a an acknowledgement that you know what this isn't insurmountable uh, with the quarantine situation that we can win in Melbourne and come back to Hong
0: Kong and compete at our best. Well, it's interesting, Michael, because it uh, it it did demonstrate that it can be done but it also did demonstrate that it's very, very hard. Uh, You know, Danny was very open, and Danny Danny Shum was, when I was down there on Cox Plate Day, obviously he won the race, so everyone was embracing him, but I think he was um, respected and and welcomed by everyone in the media, because he did speak quite Mm. honestly about challenges, and people misconstrued that on some levels that um, he was making excuses leading into the race, but Danny's a very honest and open person who has got enormous faith enormous faith in that horse as he did that he would win the Cox Plate despite all the, all the uh, hurdles that he had to overcome with quarantine, with feed, with travel, with veterinary processes. Um, and then in returning to Hong Kong, um, what he also had to do was get him back uh, at his very best for Sunday and he did that and he had enormous confidence doing it. So it's an interesting question. Um, it showed that it can be done, but it also clearly laid out that it is difficult. And in return, um, I would like Australian owners and trainers to show the same level of sportsmanship that Peter Lau and Danny Shum did, and start coming back to Hong Kong and taking on our best, but also the best from around the world, because um, it, it's it's very easy now in Australia. I'm not not being critical in any way, but I do understand that with prize money, so strong the issues around travel uh two weeks after the race and then two weeks in quarantine back when they finish the race that coming to hong kong is difficult for australian owners but as much as racing as in australia want hong kong horses to come to um to australia i'm a person that would love to see australian horses take up the challenge and travel up to hong kong
1: mick Sharkey made this point on the verdict yesterday that with the amount of prize money in Melbourne and Sydney and the new races that are astronomical. um, Australian racing is starting to run the risk of maybe becoming more provincialised, whereas no-one wants to travel. And, I mean, some people don't even want to travel from Sydney to Melbourne in the spring because the prize money's too good in Sydney, let alone overseas. Uh, A long-time administrator here, is that a concern for you about where the Australian racing landscape could be heading in the future? Well, it...
0: uh... Bruce McEvaney spoke at the Carbine Club on Friday and also touched on exactly this point. Um, At the end of the day, Australian racing looks in a very healthy position with prize money. Hopefully it is sustainable in all states Um, and it's a great place to be for trainers and jockeys and and owners because you're racing for um, big, big prize money. But at some stage, we also have to, I hope some people listen to the point that I've continually made. Um, and very forcefully over the last 12 months, if horse racing around the world and in Australia, need, if it's going to stay relevant to racing fans, people have to embrace international competition. Um, you know, kick those goals, kick those goals on home soil, but then think about, think about the, um, uh, the challenges and what you can, money aside, create the emotion and the sense of achievement that Peter Lau, Danny Schumann, James McDonald did on Cox Plate Day. It's great for the individuals, but it's critical for racing fans around the world that people remember that it's about embracing international competition and testing yourself against um, the best horses from from other and all jurisdictions in
1: regards to that i know zach burton was pushing for lucky sway to have a tilt at the at the everest earlier this year do you think we could see him coming to australia is there any want from any of the connections for lucky sway
0: well, there's a there's a chance that he will travel, whether it's uh, to Sydney for the Everest or to Japan for a Sprinter States uh, or Royal Ascot in June. I, I think I think there are options there, and they are open to international travel. But again, the problem going to Australia are the quarantine requirements. Is there any chance
1: that could be, um, you know, uh, altered or? Reduced at all, and
0: you don't have to do the soft shoe shuffle. And you know, it is it is a it is a challenge that we are looking at closely because we want Australian horses to to travel and compete both in Hong Kong and on the world stage. Particularly to us, with the timing, yeah. Um, so it's it's something that is in the control of uh, Australia and certainly the government. It would be interesting if we could establish protocols for elite equine athletes, uh, not just in horse racing, but in in equestrian pursuits. Um, And if we could, uh, you know, make a a very specific and and minimal, sorry, not minimal, no risk um, issue for a certain number of the world's very, very best horses to access different jurisdictions Um, with special arrangements around quarantine. But anyway, we're not at that stage. We are where we are. Um, But I'd love to see Australian horses travel to Hong Kong, uh, whether it's at the end of April for our um, Champions Day or end of December for our magnificent HKIR Day.
1: And just one last one to uh, finish with. Uh, We've been talking about the equine stars. Uh, Are you going to try and steal our superstar humans as well? Uh, James McDonald uh, must be Uh, very high on the list of the Hong Kong Jockey Club to woo him over there permanently. What's the likelihood of that?
0: Well, we're very lucky that we've got James here until uh, New Year. Um, Caitlin's up here. They're enjoying it. But he's got a lot of big races to win down uh, in Australia. So I think it's something they look at further his career. And you've opened the door beautifully, Michael, because I wanted just to spend 15 seconds at the end of our conversation to say that... Uh, one of my regrets is that I won't be in Perth on, on Saturday, mm. my hometown, to cheer on one of my state's greatest, if not the greatest uh, of all in Australia, in Damien Oliver. I was there when Damien started his apprenticeship all those years ago and he used to come into the offices of the turf club and ask for the weights for Collie and the weights for Albany. He had to ring up and chase his own rides. Um, I wanted to be there to cheer him on and, and Trish and his mum Pat on saturday but sadly i can't um he's been uh an icon to australian racing um he's been my favorite jockey loved him and his brother jason uh for all west australians but for all australians it'll be a sad but a a joyous occasion on saturday Uh, and i hope it goes well damien Uh, There's no doubt
1: about that. Um, We'll be actually broadcasting over there Thursday, Friday, Saturday to bring uh, all of the excitement the atmosphere for Ollie's uh, final farewell in Perth on Saturday. Uh, Greg, um, pencil us in next year over there. Um, uh, can sit on the bench next week. uh, Next year, I should say. (laughs) He's done an outstanding job over there, Andrew, but uh, we'll be taking the tickets next year because we can't miss uh, an international day after what that was on Sunday. Well done with it all.
0: Well, the racing will be great, uh, Michael, but you'll also find that the hospitality and the arrangements and everything that's done for all our guests is, uh, is world-class as well. So we'll be here waiting and we'll welcome you with open arms.
1: Actually, you know what? Mick Sharkey hit on something the other day. He said we should maybe get over there for Golden 60's farewell uh, to racing as well. So we might need to look at that, Greg.
0: <laughs> You're very welcome.
1: Good Thanks, on you, Mike. Greg Carpenter.